Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Hello, lovely listeners. Dr. Mary Barson here with you today. We have a fabulous topic today on self-care and self-soothing, and I am joined by my amazing colleague, Dr. Lucy Burns. How are you, Dr. Lucy? I am super well, Mares, super well, having really had the most gorgeous weekend with some self-care practices in and uh, having a little ponder about this topic because I think it's really important. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about self-care at Real Life Medicine. In fact, you know, we would go on to talk about the idea that as, you know, even though we spend a lot of time talking about weight loss, the way to be able to lose weight permanently is really about caring for your body and your mind. Yes. I think this topic is particularly topical for me because I had a great weekend as well. It was a long weekend, weekend that's just gone past in Victoria, and I spent the majority of it on self-care, but it was self-care that kind of sucked at the time, and this is very pertinent to what we're going to discuss, but ultimately was much better for myself. So the self-care that sucked a little bit was um, clearing out my spare room that had been sort of we had a little mouse plague about a week ago and I know that there was some mice in the spare room <sighs> and uh, basically didn't have time until the weekend to sort it out. Really didn't want to, did not want to do that but did it and taken off my cognitive load <sighs> much, much better. It was a very kind act to current and, and future Mary and also dealing with back pain that I've had with pregnancy, going to the physio, which wasn't too bad, but was certainly a bit painful at the time, getting myotherapy and making sure that I do my exercises. And the exercises are actually a bit uncomfy. They bring on the pain, but ultimately are going to help solve the problem. So kind of at the time, sucky self-care, but I feel so much better for it. Absolutely. And I think this is... And I guess part of the reason I want to bring this up is because, you know, self-care, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot on social media. There are lots of people promoting self-care, which is wonderful. And part of that is because, you know, the world globally and humanity has been suffering with the pandemic and that looking after ourselves is important. But I think the thing that gets tangled up or entwined in the messaging is that some of the things that are espoused as self-care are not actually self-care. They're things that are nice to do that might make us feel good in the moment, but they don't actually care. It's not a caring thing. And I know you and I were having a chat before we got on about what, well, what is the definition of self-care? So, Mayors, I thought maybe you'd like to share with our audience what what we think self-care actually is. So we think self-care is the choices and the, you know, behaviours and activities that are really going to care for your mind and body now and in the future. So if 
I could have spent the whole weekend, this is just for example, going back to my mouse plague weekend, I could have spent the whole weekend lying on the couch watching Netflix and I probably would have enjoyed it. I would have been resting. My back would have been okay. I wouldn't have to deal with the icky reality of, you know, clearing out the you know, mice carnage. Apologies to anyone who's got a mice phobia. I should probably stop saying mouse. Um, <laughs> I do really do. And also for our listeners to know that Dr. Mary lives in the country. Yes. And country country life is full of mice. Totally, totally, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd like to put some context in there. It's not that um, I live a particularly um, messy life. It, we were just unlucky. Lots of things with um, that's been going on with the rains and um and sort of the local environments, it's happening to us and all our neighbours. So it's a, around our side of the country, it's it's a very common problem. So they're not just picking on me specifically. Yeah, so if I had sort of just dived into self-soothing and spent my weekend watching telly, having bubble baths, eating chocolate. I probably wouldn't have drunk wine because I'm pregnant and, in fact, I, I wouldn't have eaten chocolate because I'm low-carb, just using that as an example. Actually, it really wouldn't have been self-care because come Tuesday morning I would still have all of these problems that I hadn't dealt with and my mind and my body would be in a worse state for not having been cared for over the weekend. Absolutely. So, what we're going to talk about over the next rest of this podcast is the um, the fact that we have self-care, we have self-soothing, and then there's an overlap. And some things that are soothing to us that make us feel good are also self-care. But some of the things that we do to feel good are not actually self-care. And there are People, companies, influencers, promoters, all sorts of people dressing up some of the self-soothing as being self-care. And the, the purpose of this podcast is not to judge but just to highlight so that people are aware that there is a difference. Yes. It, there's nothing wrong with self-soothing but if that's all that you do and that you don't also engage in some self-care, then your mind, your body, your health, even your weight will be the worse for it. Absolutely. So let's play a game, Mess. Let's list, we'll take it in turns to list some things that we consider to be self-care. All right, self-care versus self-soothing. Got it. All right, self-care. Going to the doctor and getting those fasting blood tests, a referral for a mammogram or a pap smear. Absolutely. Saying no to somebody who's perhaps asked you to do a job, which you might want to do, but you know that you're at your limit. Boundaries, good. Um, Going for that walk that you plan to do, even though it's a bit windy and you don't want to. Resting your body because it's sore. Having a lovely, nourishing meal. Absolutely. In fact, we say this often, eating real food and cooking real food is an act of self-care. Going to bed in a timely manner that actually gives you the opportunity 
to have, you know, somewhere between seven and eight hours of sleep a night. Good. Um, not buying that super expensive pair of shoes that you can't actually afford. Absolutely. Now, here's a list of things that are both self-care and self-soothing because I think we'd all we'd all say that none of those things are particularly soothing, you know, going to the doctor for your blood test form, going to the dentist is not very soothing, saying no to yourself about the shopping that, you know, half of you wants to buy, that's not very soothing, but it is very good care for you and future you. So then some things that are actually soothing and constitute self-care as well. What have you got there for us, Mares? Having a lovely cup of tea. Absolutely. I would say deep breathing does both. Yeah. Going out and enjoying nature, even if it's just sitting in your garden looking at the flowers. Beautiful. Connecting with another person being so that includes your dog for those of you who have us who are dog lovers totally or cat mm. yes definitely connecting listening to music totally and of course a favorite a bubble bath oh, yeah. it is definitely soothing to have a bubble bath and as bathing cleans your skin it's also self-care that's right we do need to be you know, bathed or showered. So, yes. And now some things that maybe promoted as self-care, which are actually not. They're just soothing. And, again, lovely listeners, there's no judgment here. It's just understanding in your mind or having it clear in your mind what is soothing that isn't future care. And also to know that I guess participating in some of these behaviours is not is not necessarily harmful for some people but it can be for others. So it's really important as you hear us talk often to know yourself, know yourself well so that you know which things are going to be harmful to you and which aren't. So what sort of examples have you got for us, Mez? Oh, it's all the things that, that can flood our brain with dopamine. Um, well, some of the things that can flood our brain with dopamine, like, like going shopping. Absolutely. Yeah, every time you buy something, whether it's online, in shop, you get that little, woo, the buzz, the little high. And for some people that's fine. It's good. It's no problem. Yeah, you know, I've been buying earrings. So I love them. If I was to buy earrings and not be able to afford my mortgage, then I'm no longer acting in any form of self-care. It's now harmful. I would say, you know, drinking wine after work. Mm. Eating chocolate. So sitting down, having a block of chocolate to soothe yourself. Yeah, and telling yourself that it's a treat. So the idea, again, this treating yourself line, it's part of self-soothing and working out that for some people it's not actually a treat. In fact, probably most people. Uh, our bodies are such forgiving beings. They, you know, the lovely liver deals with many things. But if people are... Being told that eating donuts is self-care or, or a treat, they're being misled. And I, I, I often use that donut example because, um, and I think it might even be on our website, I've just got this great picture, which is a box of donuts, and smacked on the front of it, it says, you deserve a donut. It's a very pervasive message. Yeah. It is. 
I can another self-soothing activity that doesn't necessarily come under the auspices of self-care is scrolling on social media. Absolutely. And no, and, and I mean, I'm presuming these days that most people know that the algorithms in social media are designed to, you know, hook us in, to give us that little bit of dopamine hint. That's the whole point. And it certainly has the potential to be harmful, as does playing games on your phone. So, you know, ex Candy Crush addict here. It is, you sit down, you go, I'm just going to spend a few minutes with myself. And then you get out the phone and, you know, two hours later, you're still playing. Yeah, that's right. Hunched in at some really bad posture. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason that we do it is we kind of get embroiled in the game. We don't have to think about what's going on in busy life. So it becomes almost, you know, it is, there's some sort of soothing and a distraction to whatever else is going on. And little bits of dopamine hit too. They are designed to do that. Another one that I think is a much bigger problem than perhaps many people realise, and as we, as GPs, we know this, Lucy, is gambling. Mm. Yeah, and very much uh, certainly normalised within young men because of the advertising that goes on. If you ever watch any, we watch, um, we're quite big AFL fans in our house, so once the footy's on, for our American listeners, that's Australian Rules Football, it's a wonderful game to watch it's very engaging and the advertising is heavily around both alcohol and gambling aimed at young men um, and completely normalized it yeah my partner Patrick's very sporty both in terms of you know loving to watch it and play it and all of the sport that he watches on tv is saturated with gambling and now you mention it yeah also alcohol ads Yes, and it is this normalising of this self-soothing that becomes then problematic. And, again, there is, please, listeners, don't think we're judging. It's not. It's really just about working out that engaging in this behaviour may have some harmful effects. And, you know, the again, these sneaky companies, they sort of shirk their responsibility by writing down the bottom in a little with a tiny, tiny writing, gamble responsibly, drinking in moderation, all of those things, which basically it's like, oh, good, I don't have to deal with that now. We've made a product that hooks you in, that makes you feel good in the moment, that is soothing to you. We market it, you know, magnificently. And then if you use it too much, well, that's your problem because we told you be responsible. Yes, but they also design it to um, all of these programs like the the poker machines are designed to to suck us in, to saturate our brains with dopamine and and keep us hooked. Just like food companies make hyperpalatable foods that hit our bliss point, that give us a maximum dopamine hit that make them much more likely to be addictive. So we've got marketing mischief and, and tricks from vested interests and industries that want our money. And then we've got this self-soothing being dressed up as self-care and it's nothing like we said there is absolutely fundamentally nothing wrong or evil about sitting on the couch and having a block of chocolate if you really want to and if it's not going to be too damaging to your health goals however it isn't self-care and if you really want to care for your mind and body now and most importantly in the future because I think the main point of self-care is being kind to future you. 
I dealt with the thing that I won't talk about again on the weekend in the spare room <laughs> because <laughs> I was being kind to future Mary. I certainly wasn't being kind to present Mary. I did not enjoy that experience, but I was being kind to future Mary. And Tuesday Mary was so grateful to Sunday and Monday Mary for the work that she had put in. And it is about being kind to future you. Being kind to future you, you've got to bring it down to the other side of the Venn diagram, which is the self-care side. Absolutely. So, lovely listeners, we have a blog post on this, which we will link at the bottom of the show notes. And in it, there's the Venn diagram that we've got. It's not an exhaustive list. But it does give you the idea that there is two circles and they intersect. One circle is self-care, one circle is self-soothing. The intersection is bits that both soothe and care. We would encourage people to spend their self-soothing in the middle of that Venn diagram. Okay, again, you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it is never anybody's fault if they head down the self-soothing path in behaviour that becomes, that is harmful because, you know, and this is the tricky thing, nobody, nobody starts off with an alcohol problem. Okay, nobody starts off drinking two bottles of wine a night. It never starts like that. It always starts with a little bit. That's where it becomes tricky. So you do, as I said, you need to know yourself. You need to understand yourself and just be really clear on the type of behaviour that you are engaging in and, and again, Knowing yourself well, you will know whether this is something you can do, whether you can regulate or not. And as I said, I know for me, hyperpalatable junk food, particularly sweet food, is not something I can regulate. I just can't. And as much as, you know, old Lucy used to sit on the couch literally eating bags of Maltesers and thinking she was looking after herself, she wasn't. She was soothing and that's okay, but she wasn't caring. And I am going through my own um, self-care versus self-soothing little battle in the mornings when I wake up before everyone else and I'm a bit more tired than I used to be with being pregnant and not sleeping as well as I'd like. And every morning I have this little battle, do I sit on the couch with my cup of tea and watch telly Or do I go outside with my cup of tea and do some mindfulness and meditation? And it honestly, it's a little tug of war that is happening every morning in my brain. And I probably am doing the telly about twice a week and the rest of the time I'm going outside and doing my mindfulness and no prizes for guessing, you know, which one sets me up for a much better day. I know, and I think, you know, the thing is, though, that because the, the tally gives you bigger dopamine hit. So, again, we, you know, at the end of the day, humans are just trying to feel better. We all, that's our kind of one of our goals, feel better. And there are things out there that give us bigger dopamine. But what they do is they give us more pleasure in the moment, but they can rob you of your joy for the rest of the day. And so it's no wonder that it's a tug of war. You know, it is, it's sometimes self-care is not easy. That's the whole thing. It isn't just bubble baths and candles. It is actually making those hard decisions that you are looking to care for the you, the present you and the future you. And sometimes we get them right and sometimes we don't. And again, it's okay. 
totally okay. It's just about moving forward. Keep going. Good. Wonderful. All right, lovely listeners, that's it from us for this week. We look forward to joining you in the future. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye, guys. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.